and welcome everybody to the PMP Weekly 157. It is 14th of March 2022. We are almost done of the first quarter of the year. So whatever you had in your first quarter objectives, two weeks. You're so. late. <laughs> <laughs> There's still some time. There's still some time. Oh, anyway, um, so today uh, we'll have two visitors actually showing uh, and we're going to talk about the PMP JS, right? Great. Can you can do we do a quick teaser on what is a BMP JS? No. No. But let's actually start by telling this is BMP Weekly where we talk about the latest on Microsoft 365 platform. We typically do have a visitor uh, or visit multiple or, visitors. Or two. Or two. Um, and we cover the latest news from Microsoft and the community. My name is Sasuivan and I'm a program manager in the Microsoft 365 platform side of the house. And with me as a co-host is Waldek. Good day, everybody. My name is Valdek Mastrikas and I am Cloud Developer Advocate for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft. Excellent. And, and today we kind of talk about, uh, or we will have two visitors. So Patrick Rogers from the Microsoft side and Julie Turner from Sympraxis. And I'm going to talk about the BMPJS. But I guess let's actually jump on that interview. Uh, really, really great interview coming up. So we'll come back on the articles right after that. Welcome, Julie. Uh, and Patrick will be welcoming him. Oh, we will welcome Patrick when he will <laughs> join the call. <laughs> welcome, Julie. If he oh, joins the, the call. If he joins, yes, exactly. <laughs> when? So, when? Um, optimistic. <laughs> but uh, the topic of today is is the BMPJS and the new version, which has been released. So we're going to talk about that one with you, uh, Julie. Um, but before we go there, can you do a quick intro who you are? You've sure. been actually in the show before. but like, Three times. This is my third oh, time. Wow. Actually. Okay. Yeah, this is my third show up. Uh, so my go. name is Julie Turner. I work for Sympraxis Consulting, which is a six-person sort of distributed consulting company. We have a few members in the northeast part of the United States. We have one in Iowa, one in Florida, and one in Reykjavik, Iceland. So we are sort of distributed. We all work from home. And so I do mostly focused on Microsoft 365 extensibility. So I do projects where I'm mostly doing development work and extending the platform. Uh, yep. So that is my background and, you know, been on the PNP team for quite a while, a couple of years, been an MVP since 2017. So yeah, totally involved in the community, love it. It's a great thing. So that's who, cool. I, who I am. That's a good intro. How did you get involved in the PNPJS work? Uh, well, because I used it <laughs> a lot because okay. so, I do a lot of development. Patrick asked. And then Patrick asked, right. Can, yeah. you, can, you, can you kind and of explain to those who do not know what is a PMPJS? Why, yeah, why so, is it a, such a big thing? And how? PMP, and do you have any updated stop, stats? Stop asking um, questions. Sorry. <laughs> can I answer one? Slow down. Yes. Slow down. Um, so PMPJS is a fluent API for making REST calls against the, we'll say Microsoft 365 platform, but primarily the SharePoint REST APIs. We also do support making calls to the Microsoft Graph just for seamlessness. It seems sometimes you just want to use one library, especially if you only have one or two calls to make. So primarily the SharePoint REST APIs, but we also do support the graph. And so the libraries just makes that, gives you that IntelliSense that makes it really easy to build those REST calls without, 
you know, accidentally making mistakes and the pipeline handles all that kind of extra stuff, like making sure when you resolve your uh, calls, it, you know, decodes them, gives you your JSON back instead of you having to do all that work for every call that you make. Back before I used PMPJS, I used to have my own kind of like shim library in JavaScript where I had like methods to do, you know, like do a post call, do a get call, you know, and and I did all that work myself. Dealing with token refreshes, we handle all of that kind of stuff with the library itself so that you can just focus on making the calls you need to get the data you need to get your code done. So, and it's super easy because you get IntelliSense, right? So when we just support partial imports, which means that your code, you only bundle in the code out of our library that you need based on the calls that you're trying to make. And it makes it really easy because you can say, oh, I want to do a user call. You import that portion of the, the library. And then it gives you IntelliSense to help you say, oh, I want to, you know, SharePoint. I want a web. I want a list. I want an item. I want to add an item or update an item or whatever that might be. And it makes it really simple and easy to make those calls than trying to look up the documentation and do it yourself. So that's what the yeah. PMPJS library is. Uh, cool. Let's see. What was the second question? The second question is how did you how did you get involved? Why did you get involved? Patrick asked. Yes, <laughs> right. So uh, Patrick asked, but you know I was using the library. It is under the covers, like especially V two. That is like a, it's a work of art under the covers, and it's something you know. Full disclosure: Patrick Rogers wrote all of that code originally, so you know it's it's a work of art, but it's. It's a complicated library, so getting involved in it takes real commitment. You have to really want to dig into the to the inner workings of the library so that you can fully understand it, and then you can start to sort of help extend it. So it took me quite a while to get involved, but I was using the library. Patrick asked if I would be interested, and I certainly was, and he was gracious enough to sort of help me through that transition of really understanding the guts of the library. And so, uh, you know, once I got going, then it was all good, and then he wanted to change the topic. <laughs> so <laughs> we started planning V3, but being involved with V3 since the beginning, um, the updates that we did for this latest release that we just released on Valentine's Day, because we love Yay. you, community, yeah. yes. um, was... From PMP with love. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> there's there's love here. <laughs> We rewrote the internals of the library. And one of the primary reasons for doing so was because one of the things that we were sort of getting feedback on is, is v, the V2 version of the library worked by creating a global SP object. So you would say, or graph object, you know, like we like I said, we support both. But you would instantiate the object and you would have this global SP object that was configured for wherever you were working and it knew the context of the web you were working in. Now, the plus of that is if you are just writing a web part and it's going to live in a site collection and you're not going to really deal with other site collections too much, that's perfect. It's fine. doesn't matter. And we had a way to create a new web that pointed to a different site collection and you could work on it, you know, get some data from a different site collection or wherever it was, yep. but you were working in the context of that site collection. Where it got tricky is that I think what has happened is we also support, so not only can you use the PMPJS library in the web client, so like for doing SharePoint framework solutions or your own, 
you know, spas that might be outside of the platform, but you can also use it in Node.js projects. And I think what we started to see was a real, um, with the online platform, SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365 Online, becoming more and more the platform of choice. People are migrating off on-prem, they're using that platform. Well, to do extensibility, you really need to start using a platform like Azure, right? So you need to create Azure functions and, you know, places where you can run code that's outside the context of your platform. And I think people really started embracing using Node.js to build those server-side components as their extensibility platform, probably because you got to stay in the same code base, right? I mean, for me personally, I used to write a lot of C-sharp, and I also wrote JavaScript, so I still just inherently think that way. When I'm going to write something for the server, I write it in C-sharp.net, and when I'm going to write for client, I write in TypeScript. JavaScript, you know, that whole thing. And I can just do that. And I switch back and forth. And some days when I've been working in C Sharp for a really long time, and then I switch to JavaScript, I'm like, oh my God, how does this type? Where are my types? Yeah. How do I do this? (laughs) So that be cold. Everything uppercase. Um, Yeah, all of that, all of that, whatever. (laughs) But for a lot of people, that's not the case. You know, that they, you know, they wanted to stick to that platform. So we're seeing a lot more adoption in people using the PMPJS library on the Node.js platform. And so then they aren't really looking for a global. They want to establish a context to maybe more than one site collection or more than one tenant or are trying to work in tenants in like China or the government cloud or any of those others where the URLs don't really work quite the same. So, So what we found is that we had more and more and more requests to get isolated SP context. And so we tried in the 2.13 release, I believe it. No, it was 2.3 release. We tried to extend that out. We, we created these isolated objects and it was kind of not great because <laughs> <laughs> the internals of the library were really not meant to work that way. It, it, it was never designed for up. that. Yeah. It was yeah. never designed for that. So we were sort of hacking yeah. it in and it was just not a great implementation. We were never happy with it and it never worked yeah. as well as we thought it should work. And so when we started thinking about V3, we really wanted to just embrace right off the bat that we would no longer have these global objects and you would create the context for the object and then you would need to, in the architecture of your solution, deal with being able to get access to that object that you instantiated. And so that was the switch in architecture. It was the rewriting of the internals that sort of led us down that path. And one of the goals that we had for V3 was to minimally impact users as much as we could. And I think for the most part, you know, knock on wood, we we managed that. Um, All that you really need to change is how you instantiate that SP object and then whatever architecture you had around utilizing that SP object, you need to rework that piece of it, but all the other calls should not have changed for the most part. There's a change log with a few things we deprecated and you know things we added and name changes that we did for consistency sake, but there's not a lot of them. And so I think for the most part we we achieved that and we're we're pretty we're pretty excited. Plus we were able to reduce the size of the library significantly. That was my follow-up question, yes. Yeah, so so significant reduction, two-thirds the size that it used to be. So a significant reduction of code 
We went to TypeScript 4. We reduced significantly the number of TSLeb imports that we needed to do support backwards compatibility. So, you know, we the from a SharePoint framework perspective, I can tell you that it works just fine with anything from uh, 12.1. You're able to follow the guidance that we have for updating the uh, Rush.Dat compiler so that you can use TypeScript 4. And anything from 1.12.1 up for the SharePoint framework, you can utilize just fine with version 3. And if you need to stay back, no problem. You can still use the version 2, but we're not going to really do any LTS for that. No long-term support. Uh, if users, if the community at large has fixes they want to make for V2 and they submit PRs for them, we'll happily roll them into the V2. We'll do another release of V2. We just did uh, on the on this last Friday, the 11th of March, we did do a 2.13 release. That's how I knew I was misspeaking on my version. <laughs> the 2.13 release. <laughs> and we did a 3.1 release. And well, so if we get another PR for V2, we'll certainly release them, but we're not going to extend the version 2 of the library. Any, any. There's a thing I wanted to ask because you talk extensively about the where it came from, how you got involved. And like originally for your work, you work primarily on projects. Right, which is yes. like like yep. anything. Like you start, you end. They last up to a few months, but that's about it. Whereas right. now you're talking about working on a product, staying on it for a longer period uh, of time. Yes, it it is a product. It is an yeah, open yeah. source, but it is yeah. a product, right? So product. Yeah, it depends well, on how do you define myself? product. Is that no, your no, 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 it's a product, right? So <laughs> it depends on how do you define a product. No. Oh. It's a product. Period. In some definition, the product might actually have a, a definite things which are not. Nothing in here, but again, it isn't a project. So by extension, it's a product. Anyways, <laughs> right? So what what I want to get, or what I'm curious about, is how do you experience that difference in you know long term support, thinking about backwards compatibility, thinking about users, that journey to migrate something at scale, because like PMPJS is big because you support a lot of yeah. Stuff there. So 12, how do you experience the motions around that? It's a lot. Um, that in and of itself, that statistic is so. I don't think about can, like can I you, say can you repeat the, the statistic. It, so. uh, twelve billion over twelve billion calls a month are made with the PMPJS library. It's and actually it's more just, than that. Sixteen. So yeah, nine, but February. that was the last stat that was shared with me. And yeah, even sixteen still, is the at February. 12, so. <laughs> at twelve, I'm like, I just like oh, it's twelve, and then I'm like twelve billion. It's it's a with the B the billion yes yeah yes. billion it's like a weight too you know you're like don't screw it up <laughs> you're gonna screw the whole thing up for everybody like it's with great power a little bit of um yeah it's yeah it is it is a a, a little bit of a mantle you you're kind of like oh you know you want to do right by everybody of course you're not going to please everybody all the time it's just not going to happen we do the mm -hmm. best we can you know I think. One of the things Patrick and I talk about a lot when we're working on it is, you know, it has helped him. He has said it to me. And, you know, I think it's true that having two people to converse about the changes we're going to make and either be on the same page and be comfortable enough with each other to to just, you know, tell the truth, you know, tell the truth, not like just people please each other. We're just like, I think that's a dumb idea, you know, like or whatever it is, we just, you know. <laughs> Julie, you're being an idiot. 
that's okay. That's fine. I was an idiot. Yes. Um, no, he doesn't say that, but you know what I mean? Like just being really able to like question each other and make sure we're doing things the best we can. I mean, sometimes you also have to like take into account, like both of us are doing this as extra credit, right? Like that we don't get paid for this job and it's a lot of work. Like do not underestimate the amount of, of work that it takes to keep that library going what we'd love it we and and especially for me i use it you know what i mean so that i can make it better and and that other people can benefit from that is really it makes me feel really good like i it's you know it's like a little present every time we release something people i'm like here you go we got some new yep. stuff in there we fixed some bugs i hope everybody's happy so no because of the timing uh, i guess we need to follow up with patrick so patrick can uh, talk about this um the, the creation of this library and, and the open source and coming in and feeding this to be what it is next week, uh, which is good because the BMPJS has, has a lot of kind of interesting statistics related on how it wasn't that widely used first, because again, that's the life cycle of any open source project. It takes just time for people to start using things. And then yeah. all of a sudden when the, the whatever, the, the snowball started rolling, yeah, and then it exploded, uh, it's just, it's been one of the most awesome projects to follow super closely um, because we do yeah. it meet multiple times in a week with Patrick and, and try to figure out how can we help on, on pushing that forward. And then whenever it actually started exploding to use it, it's just went out of this world because again, 16 billion requests in a month. It's like, yeah, what? <laughs> this is another thing that we're really excited about with V3 because one of the major changes is, is like I said, the internals of that. And we have this new concept and it's all documented, which is really great. We we made a real effort to sort of reorganize the information architecture of our documentation for this release and organize it a little bit better. Um, I do, I, full of disclosure, I do need to extend the contributing area a little bit more, but we did go through and document the internals. That was something that didn't exist in the V2 version. And I think it's what made it so hard to get started because you were effectively just trying to like look at somebody else's code and try to figure out what it was supposed to be doing, which anybody who's a developer who's had to go like pick up somebody else's source code and then figure it out, Nine times out of ten, you're like, can't I just start from scratch? I don't want to figure out what this person was thinking. True. Um, sure. Well, that's why we see a spin-off of individual pro projects, right? Because it's right. always easier to start from scratch. Yeah, yeah it really kind of is. understand the internals of somebody else's mind. So. Right. So one of the things that we made a ver very special effort on this version is to document what those internal objects are, how they link yeah. together, what it is. And so one of the advancements, so if you, you know, if you're interested, definitely go look at the documentation. But then one of the advancements is what we call behaviors. And so instead of the, you know, the way a call is executed being sort of flat, we've created this ability for you to extend it. It's sort of like an event model, but not really. So you need to read the documentation, but your ability to sort of override the execution path allows you to really mold the library any way you need it to be molded. Like if you have a proxy or if you have, you want to use, you know, a separate kind of calling library, whatever it might be, you can make that happen, but then you can also extend how the library works. And so we've really set ourselves up in V3 to allow the community to start contributing more complicated implementations. Like we've had requests to implement index DB for caching, you know, data in, in the browser. And 
it's really not something that belongs in the in the main library because it's such a landscape of things that you could want it to work like for us yep. to just pick one and say this is how it works doesn't really fit in the library but as a behavior as somebody saying hey i've made an extension for pmpgs and it you know does index db and here's how it does it and here's your options it really gives great extensibility. And so we're hoping with V3 that we'll start seeing contributions come in that way and that we can start really extending the library to add more helper solution, you know, functions that do more. Um, yep. You know, another example is dealing with uh, loading images, you know, people images from the graph. That's a complex thing. We can make helper functions to do that yep. so that you're caching yep. it properly and blah, blah, blah. So these are things that we're excited about for the future. But um now, yeah. now, how does this work? So let's let's uh, go back in the kind of uh, basics and and think about. It. So it's a library which is being used by a lot of lot of uh, customers and partners and and all of that. Most of the samples which are being built with SPFX are using PMPJS as a, as the the engine because it's so easy to use. Um, but there's only two of you. Yeah. Why do you do this? Why are you committing on? Why, why what's are, wrong with you? Are, are you what's wrong with you? <laughs> Patrick is mentally ill, and he doesn't know any better. No. He's just, um, we're just passionate about it. I mean, like I said, I use it. So it helps me in my day-to-day -day life, you know, like yep. that it works for me. It, it's awesome. I just, I don't know. I think I sort of said it. I just, I get, I'm really happy that I can contribute the skill that I have to the community and make their lives easier. I mean, it's part of why I'm part of the PMP team. I mean, this is my area where I have expertise. I can contribute that expertise back to the community and help everyone, you know, raise all boats kind of thing. But you why isn't I mean? this then owned by Microsoft? So why isn't this actually something which Microsoft would provide as a product? But that's a weird would that thing actually for work? you to oh, ask this. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's a <laughs> why don't you tell me. Um, this, thank you so much. I think it's beyond kind of what they need to that. provide. I think yeah, it's exactly. beyond what they exactly. need to provide. I mean, Microsoft yeah. is a is an organization that's providing a platform that, you know, it's it's a SaaS platform, but in my opinion, it's also a PaaS platform, right? Like the Microsoft 365, this is one of my sort of pet peeves, right? The Microsoft 365 platform isn't just software as a service. And people who think of it as software as a service just really are missing the boat. It's an extensibility platform. It's a bunch of products tied together by authentication, identity, identity, yes. identity is yep. probably the better way to say that, identity that give you a, a bunch of tools in your toolbox. Well, now you're the craftsperson, right? Like as, uh, as, as new companies come into this platform and start to use it, that's, you know, that's great. And so we call this the maturity model. It's something that's part of the PMP. So, you know, you, 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 an organization comes into this platform and they'll just start using the features that are given to them. And as their organization matures and as they use the platform more and more, they'll start to see that they can bring these pieces of the platform together in different ways that are targeted directly to the line of business solutions that they need in their organization. And that's the extensibility story. And so if Microsoft needs to be focusing on providing you know, user experiences, so out of the box, first party solutions on the platform for sure. And they really need, to, and, and they need to maybe do a slightly better job, but they really need to focus more on providing the APIs 
so that we can do that extensibility story. So that is a full-blown extensibility story that you have delegated permissions and app-level permissions, and you have a full suite of APIs that let you automate anything you can do in the platform via code. It just needs to be there 100%. And Microsoft is the only ones who can do that part. They have to focus on that. And so providing a fluent way to call those APIs that's really not something that's their job. It's not something that they, you know, it's not necessary to interact with the platform to have that easier way to make those calls. So as a community, us making it easier to develop on the platform, that's a that's a great contribution that we can make as a community. We as the community cannot advance the platform itself. Right. So, so would it be so would it be fair to say that if there is limited resources and we need to pick one, you'd rather have Microsoft build the APIs than have the APIs yes. and an SDK. But ideally, yep. we should do both, given like if there were no I mean, limits. Yeah, ideally, you would have co- some coherence, right? I, like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like authentication and, you know, a- accessibility to the graph from the different platforms and accessibility to the SharePoint APIs or or even better yet, I suppose, although this is a longer discussion, having every API endpoint that's in SharePoint be available via the graph, I that's probably a good direction to go in. We're not there. You know, that 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 would be good, I suppose, but given limited resources, limited talent, limited understanding of the platform, the historical pieces of the platform. I don't know if that's attainable for Microsoft, and I'd right. much rather see them advancing the platform and getting coherence in their design languages. The, you know what I mean? The, those mm-hmm. are the places that we really need to see. There's a lot of first-party things that we don't have access to, too, that we need. The persona yeah. card. Um, if you're using Viva Topics, you want access to the topic card. You want access to the file picker. These are things that, as a community, we've had to reverse engineer, and it would be really lovely if Microsoft could spend time on those things, because again, it's not as a if community we can't do those. <laughs> it's being recorded. No notes needed. As the community, we can't provide those, right? We can't yeah. reverse engineer the first party UI pieces well, I mean, without building them from scratch. And exactly. Then, I mean you could, but then it's always a catch up game we're because always every catch up time if something's gonna change, you would be one right. step behind. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't right. make any sense. Yeah. Right. It's really now, from a timing perspective, I wanted to ask one more question and then uh, we unfortunately need to close up. There's, there would be so many yeah. discussions and let, let's talk. We'll get you back. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, on, I'll, with, be with Patrick, I'll be back. Patrick, next time for sure. If there's back. anybody who's listening to this and it's like, hey, that BMBJS, I, I know how to use it, but I would be highly interested in actually contributing and being more involved. Is that an option for, for the Absolutely. other NPPs? Absolutely. All 900 BNPJS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's available. And, you know, part of this, again, is me dropping the ball a little bit. I need to find some time to write more contribution docs. But absolutely, just, you know, submit a PR or, you know, reach out to Patrick or myself on Twitter, LinkedIn, through the library, submit a, you know, a, a discussion topic or whatever and say, hey, I'd like to do, I have this idea, X, Y, Z, I'd like to, yep. to do that. Can I get some guidance? We're happy to help. We're happy to review whatever. If you, you know, if you want to just try it, great, no problem. We'll help you get through it, help you make it work. But 
um, certainly just reach out if you want to get involved. We would love to have more more assistance. That would be great, especially and answering even, questions. Even that yeah. is in, like issue list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That that's a that's a that's gonna that always helps because then it's a time away from. Although can concentrate, for example, maintaining or doing adjustments on a code, but that's as important as helping people with the questions. Oh my and god! Then, it's so and we get so many. There's so many people yeah. using the library that we get so many questions, and a lot of people, you know, they get stuck. And I totally get it. But yep. when there's 25 or 30 questions a day. I don't yep. have the time. Yep, um, exactly. Exactly. So, yes. Yep. That's that's always the challenge for sure. So. Yeah. And and I know that you're working also on videos and updates and all of that. So getting started. Yeah, that's going to come soon. We are uh, in the process. Patrick and I are right now in the process of, and later today we'll talk about it more. But outlining some getting started for V3. You know, quick short videos. They'll be uh, submitted into our. PNP team getting started video library. So yeah, those are going to be coming in the next several weeks. Um, yeah, cool. for sure. Cool. Really cool. But yeah, cool. 100%. Thanks, Julie, uh, on, no on an awesome discussion. I, I The PNP chase is such a great, great, great library. And, and with Patrick, um, let's certainly we'll get him as a separate one. We'll kind of talk about the historical aspect and growing the library and all of that, because it's actually yeah. really an awesome uh, example on building a successful open source project. And, and of course, the team of actively maintaining that could be a bit bigger. Um, yeah. But again, but you're looking into no. contributors. So. Yeah, no, we're absolutely. And like I said, I'll get that documentation out. And this video won't be out for people to see in time, probably. But we are doing an Ask Me Anything tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern time with David Warner and the that yep. team. So uh, I think we might record a portion of that. So that might be also open and available. So that would cool. be really good. Cool. Awesome. Really good. Thank you, Julie, for joining and thank um, you guys for having me to people to watching thank you. and we'll jump on the article side of the podcast uh, right from this discussion thank you thanks awesome welcome back everybody on the on the me welcome back over where did you go <laughs> i'm i'm here the whole week i don't know about you but i can't talk i can't talk mondays um, i play the bombshells yes exactly <laughs> Uh, I blame it for the pollen. Uh, it's pollen season starting. It's like, yes, spring is coming, summer is coming, and then it's like... But first. Oh, the, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just a reminder. And it's the first week when it actually hits you. And at least in my case, the body goes like uh, in a really this hyper mode, uh, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, it takes a while to get used to the medicine and the pollen. Uh, but now it's because it's plus 10 in Helsinki. Uh, there's a lot of that. Anyway, so I blame it for pollen. There we go. And uh, in tomorrow's better forecast, uh, we are seeing. Uh, so let's actually jump on the articles. So we'll start with the Microsoft articles. Don't and you'll start, up. actually. <laughs> yes. So one of the things that we've changed recently at Microsoft is we changed TLS certificates on Microsoft 365. Typically, you shouldn't be affected by that in any way. However, if you have an app with a list of allowed certificates, you might need to update the list to include the new ones. So yep. with that, check out the article to get more info about what has changed and how it might affect you. Only in case you have an app that has an explicit list of allowed certs. 
So the next one, uh, we published again the top 10 most widely used SharePoint framework solutions from the store. So this is the February 2022 edition, and Ichigraph is still number one on the on the queue, and then a lot of lot of other familiar phase, a familiar phase is familiar solutions as well, of course, from the ecosystem side. But then there's also some new ones. So it's cool to see that we are having a constant flow of new solutions uh, coming in the store as well. Now, the next one uh, was about fast-tracking Viva SharePoint and OneDrive, IntraZone exactly. podcast. Exactly. So we have another episode of the IntraZone podcast, and this time it's about fast-tracking Viva, SharePoint, and OneDrive. So the episode is with, I guess, three PMs who are involved with FastTrack, and they talk about Viva, SharePoint, and OneDrive, what it is, what FastTrack is, and so forth and so on. So if you're interested in that, we would strongly encourage you to listen to this episode of the IntraZone. IntraZone, together with Mark Cashman and Chris McNulty. <laughs> the IntraZone. The action. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the next one, uh, we uh, released uh, the SharePoint Framework 1.15 and the first public version, and that came out last week as well. So not a massive amount actually uh, updates in this first version of the 1.15, but um, as we move along closer and closer on releasing the 1.15, 1.14 was released a few weeks back, but now this is the beta or preview version of 1.15, and then we'll start releasing additional versions and versions and all of that. So um, the kind of a baseline release for now, and then we'll add additional things. Maybe, maybe the, the most important thing here is that we, we actually added a, a support for uh, using a new version of Craft JavaScript SDK. There are historical reasons why SPFX has been using the version 1.0 because of technical limitations, unfortunately. Um, and now all of that is getting sorted out with the multiple teams, which is really, really cool, and additional stuff in coming as well. Then Ica had a new article. Exactly. So we have another episode from of Learn From Community, which is serious, done by a colleague of mine, Aicha Bas, who talks to different folks, sometimes folks from community, sometimes folks from Microsoft, about solutions that they build on Microsoft 365 and Microsoft Teams. And this time around, she talks about a great solution about how can you anonymously run survey around employee engagement within the company. So really cool episode for you to learn about what you can do on Teams. We'll definitely recommend you to uh, have a look or listen yep. or look. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, and now let's jump in here. Uh, we also announced uh, end of service for SharePoint Online Machine Translation Services and APIs and last week, just making sure that people are aware of this. There has been actually a roadmap and the message center post on this, but it's also important that the developers are up to date on what's deprecated and what's not. And this is a relatively old service which it didn't have that much usage, so it will be shut down for the benefit of using Azure Translation APIs so rather than using something which is product specific. And then we had an article from Tomomi. Exactly. So um, article from another colleague of my, Tomomi Imura, about the support or simplified debugging of Teams apps with a new version of Microsoft Teams Toolkit. So she goes step by steps about explaining how it works, how to set it up, what you can do, and so forth and so on. So if you build apps for Teams and you want this simple experience, we would definitely encourage you to try out the new version of Teams Toolkit and get back to us and let us know how it works, whether it does everything you need and whether there's anything else you'd like to see. Yep. 
and looking really good. And and Tomome is great on uh, drawing this this awesome drawings as well. So they they really look awesome. Now uh, on the community blocks outside of the house, um, uh, Rashmi Auklu had a PMP PowerShell to manage list designs and create list and libraries using list designs. And this is actually really really useful blog posts for showing how to add a list template, how to run and create things, and how it will be then reflected in the SharePoint UX as as those uh, definitions and templates are being uh, added. So really really great reference uh, blog post uh, from her. So thank you for that. And then we had a, a M365 developer podcast. Exactly. A new episode of Microsoft 365 Dev Podcast by Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein, where they talk to one of our MVPs, Mr. Tom Morgan, around from the UK, from the UK yes, about developing for Microsoft Teams across even multiple clouds. And with that, we mean using things like Power Platform, Azure Communication Services, so not just Teams, but really making use of the whole Microsoft Cloud. So really cool episode, check it out. Sure, yeah, looks really, really good uh, for sure. Uh, and Tom is a great, great, great specialist on the developers' topics around the Microsoft Teams. He has, by the way, his own weekly show and videos and all of that, which you might wanna check out as well. Now, Cameron Trier from uh, One Bit Solutions, if I remember One correctly. Place. One place. One place solutions. Thank you. Sorry, Cameron. Uh, had a new blog post uh, how to combine Craft and SharePoint permission consent into, into a single MSAL dialog for first use. And, and basically, the whole point here is that we can grant to, towards multiple resources um, in a single yeah. consent UX. And there's a nice picture out of that as well. Uh, so you can actually then see all of the different things what we're uh, consenting to in this case. So thank you, Cameron, on showing how to make that happen. For us, um, and it's not. And I really Tozo, like the name Camtoso. of his tenant. It's brilliant, <laughs> Camtoso. Camtoso. <laughs> That's actually really good. And um, people actually in social media reacted on that as well. So <laughs> really cool. <laughs> because Camtoso is the typical Microsoft one, which we use as an example. Yeah. Now, Mark D. Anderson had a new blog post as well. Exactly. So in case you use SharePoint for a longer time, and imagine you collected number of sites that you need to keep but you don't want people to use them anymore. So you want to keep them for reference, but you don't want the content to appear in search and so forth and so on. So Mark shows how you can use PNP PowerShell to lock the site and ensure that also with that, that the content from that site will not appear in search. So really cool scenario for many use cases, right? That uh, require you to keep the content but not really make it a part of, you know, the content that you would actually use, but you need to keep yep. it for reference, legal reasons, and so forth and so on. Yep, yeah, and that's a relatively simple operation in the PMP PowerShell for sure. Then uh, Peter Venstra um, had a blog post related on never give your SharePoint fields the display name of value. Um, and apparently this is actually kind of awkward. Um, apparently the display name with the value is causing a lot of hiccups in the Power Automate side of the house. Um, or get con actually get confused um, on what is the value, what is the actually field, and what is the thing. So, of course, shouldn't be the case, but it, it's good reference that please, please, please do not do that uh, to avoid any problems. It doesn't accept the value of value field. So you need, to, so you field. need to name the value field something else than a value so that you can use its va value. Yes, <laughs> that's a good definition. 
Now, All right, Stephane. then we have then we have a new article from one of our MVPs, Stefan Bauer, who is absolute. I'll, I don't know if it will. Would it be fair to say authority? In, a, I guess, in yes. either way, a SME, a subject matter expert on using CSS, all things UX and layout. And he has this new article where he shares some tips and tricks and do's and don'ts around using CSS in SharePoint framework. So if you build apps on SPFX, definitely check this out because it will allow you to make better use of CSS in your apps. Yep, absolutely. And Stefan is a great, he's really, 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 uh, subject matter expert on those things for sure. A lot of SPFX stuff this time. Maybe the new version actually is initiating uh, these discussions, but um, developing SPFX solutions using WSL uh, from Don Kirkham. Uh, and this is basically a follow-up on the, on the introduction where he talks about why the containers are important and why, why this model actually makes sense. And then, and then this is the part number two. Uh, so Windows subsystem for Linux um, and how to get moving. And then there are two other articles coming up from him related on uh, the containers in the future. He actually did help related on the containers in SPF examples, didn't he? He did, yes. You done uh, on that one as well. Really, really cool stuff as well. So you, Hugo, and Don, and a few others worked on a really, really cool setup. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really announced it, or we haven't announced it publicly, I guess, have we? No, that's a good point. Maybe we should actually write a blog post out of it. So. <laughs> TLDR, yes. You know, why would we tell people that there are new things available? Because, you know, you know that's crazy. Everybody knows. It is on GitHub, right? It's on, it's on so internet. Everybody knows. So. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, you will hear more from us about it soon. Yes, exactly. Good point. Good <laughs> me, reference me, point. Meanwhile, written down. Meanwhile, written down. <laughs> you are to go from one of our MVPs, again, Michael Mendes, about how can you show selected SharePoint form fields as read-only using list formatting. Yep, and and basically, so detecting the type and then uh, impacting your rendering and configuration exactly. based on that. So, and again, this is the no-code uh, option. For uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Define code, right? Like, yeah. what is code? Is it code something you parse, you compile? What is what is code, code exactly <laughs> to you? Indeed. Good. Louisa Fries had a blog post related on get rid of key vault, making good things even better, uh, where she talks about different options or comparing or provides an alternative for key vault on uh, the managed uh, identities in Azure um, and the impact of that. So how, how can we do things and how to get how to use those things within your Power Automate um, and a lot of lot of actually PowerShell executions there as well. Then we have two more videos. So let's start with a Shen Yang. Exactly. So the first one is from another MVP, Shen Yang, when she, when he goes through Power App tutorial for beginners. So like really, how to start with Power Apps? What is like really the basics, right? So if you're new to it, this is an awesome place to start because oftentimes we assume, yeah, people know about it already. Well, do they, right? So yeah. Shane goes all the way back to beginnings what it is, what it's for, how you use it, and so forth and so on. So if you're new or if you have a customer or somebody else who is new to it, this is a great place to start to really get the context and understand what Power Apps is, what it's for, and how we use it to build apps. Yep, 
really, really cool stuff. And Shane is for sure a subject matter expert on this area. So he, he releases at least one video within every single week related on Power Automate and 118,000 subscribers. So thank you, Shane, on that. Now, uh, Paolo Pialorzi had a new blog post related on provisioning lists uh, in SharePoint Online with Microsoft Craft. Uh, so how to make that happen. Uh, and again, typical style of Paolo. So it's pretty much five to six minutes and explaining how things are working and, and focuses on the point, which is really, really cool. And then the final video is from April. Yes, exactly. April. She's no exactly. longer an MVP. She is Microsoft my colleague. MVP. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, where she talks about. By the way, you cannot be an MVP powers. if you're a Microsoft employee. It's just to be clear on that. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. You get this really. So if you used to be an MVP, the moment you join, you will no longer be an MVP. You get this really gold coin, which I don't know. Like, can you exchange it for anything? You know, like, you know, in movies, you have a token, like, you can use it for favors. I don't know. Like, I'm yet to understand what it's for. Or is it just like a decoration coin? I have no idea what you're talking about. Cool. <laughs> a coin. Like, I. Really? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So okay. For those who can watch, no, no, you we, get... we, we need to stop sharing the, the no, no, you'll show it after we start sharing. Okay, okay, uh, fair, yes, fair enough. But, uh, sorry, <laughs> sidetrack. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyways, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, so we already talked that in this video, April talks about Power Apps print options. So what yes. options do you have if you want to print in Power Apps? Thank you, uh, April. And that one, those, those are really, really great videos from her related on Power Apps and Power Automate. Now, now you can show yes, the point. Exactly. So when if you used to be an MVP and you are no longer an MVP, whether because you joined Microsoft or you no longer contribute, whatever, you get this coin. It's a golden Yay. coin in a, in, a, in a box. MVP reconnect. Okay. Exactly. And I'm yet to find, find out, like, what is, like, is it, for anything can you do anything with that you know like in movies you can exchange it for a favor or something like i don't know like or is it just a thing you put on your shelf i don't know maybe there's some hidden uh, hidden meaning on it and so they'll come back and ask it from you at a certain point of your career whatever you mean you mean somebody will hear will come here and ask it back i, I, <laughs> that, I hope I, not so it's almost like the crystals which we have in Microsoft, um, which I'm still waiting for, by the way, my 15-year crystal. Now I need to actually ping those people. So yeah. it's probably somebody stole my crystal. So, so you know, I'm waiting for useful. mine too. I'm going to wait for another 13 years on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For those who do not know, so I can actually show this. Uh, it's in the... Uh, so basically, well, we get it's this. Heavy. Yeah, so this is 10 because it's green. So, so is it is like you get one for 5, orange. 10, 15? Yeah, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. So okay. uh, the five is, is five is blue and this, this, this is green. I guess the, the 15 orange. is orange, if I yeah. remember correctly. And then it gets really, really funky uh, looking after that because it starts combining things and colors and the size gets huge and all that. Humongous. They, like you yeah. will get like, like obelisk. Ob obelisk. Obelisk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what is that on your you yard? You can just like put it on your back, you know? <laughs> yes. It's my 50 years in Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> well, Microsoft hasn't existed for 50 years, so go figure. No. It was born, it was created in 1975. So. Almost there then. 
actually pretty I wonder perfect. I wonder if there is anybody around who works from you know that year still well yeah not maybe not that many but anyway I wouldn't know I yeah. mean I guess, I guess we'll hear in three years right yeah I guess so I guess so yeah so anyway so what's going to happen this week anything interesting on your side uh let me see well so we have again an, a number of open prs for cli for microsoft 365 so we'll go through them releasing new preview versions all the time we have a first draft of the command that we talked about few few weeks back which is the ability to help you validate your sharepoint framework projects and ensure that there is nothing off with things like dependencies config and so forth and so on so we have a preview or a first draft of it it isn't it isn't released yet but if you want to there are steps how you can pull the code compile or build it and try it out uh, on github um, other than that, I'm doing some thinking about some longer term initiatives that we could do at Microsoft to work together with community, uh, MVPs, and across different teams at Microsoft, like what we could do to help developers build apps on Microsoft 365. So I hope that we, you will be able to see some of our work soon. And then I guess the final thing is I'm trying to do the final uh, steps to wrap up some of the work that I've done over the last few weeks together with a uh, few other advocates at Microsoft around helping Angular developers build apps for Teams. So yep. we're almost, almost done. Like we need to do a few less additions. And basically at that point, we will have something that works it's still, it's nothing that you would use already in production, or maybe you would, because at the, at the end of the day, it's just code that runs. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's an early preview of an idea that we had, and we would very much appreciate feedback. So if you build an Angular and you build for Teams, would really, really love you to give it a try. It's just a minute or two, and then tell us well, what you think. Yep, makes perfect sense. What about you? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was getting distracted as we were talking because it's just boring stuff, you know. So, well, no, 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 but, but not, I mean, like, you don't need to talk about my stuff. Like, what's on your head? Like, I don't, no, I'm no, not no. asking no. you to have an opinion on, on my work. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, right. so, no, that was mainly for smiles. Uh, so I'm, I'm just uh, dealing with the daylight saving uh, mess, which is again happening. So it's just, can we please stop doing this? This is just crazy. Um, because right now, U.S. flipped the daylight savings. Some of the U.S., not all of the Some U.S. Some of the right? U.S., not all of the U.S. Yes, that's actually a good point. of Arizona didn't, but most of the U.S. did, which is like, how does that work? I don't know. But now all of oh, the meetings are basically... Clock, you reset it and... It's reset. Thank you. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> you just asked how it works. Well, I guess. But <laughs> Europe is moving in two weeks. So that's right now. These two weeks are basically a bit. Could we cancel all meetings for the next two weeks? That would be awesome, actually. That That is actually a great idea. Great idea. So We're going to reconvene in two weeks when the world aligned back, you know, the stars aligned back and, and yeah, everything is insane. And, and even the, the, the clock in my car is going to be then updated again, so correctly. So it's no longer Do one you need to off. update it by yourself? First. No, really? I don't know. I guess I do. Really? Yes. Depends wow. on a car. Depends on a car. Okay. <laughs> I, like I would expect, like our cars are from the same parent group, so uh, my update itself 
and I would expect they're kind of roughly the same age, maybe years even yo- younger. So, but hey, years. Anyway, so exactly. Matter. So, anyway, doesn't matter. Anyway, well, so you will way, not have... drive your cars for for two weeks just to avoid being late. Exactly. Or exactly. early. Or early. <laughs> I don't. No. Anyway. Uh, I have no idea what I'm going to do actually this week. Um, so, there you go. Um, Promise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you will just pick uh, the first qu- question on the pile of questions you have and, <laughs> and go from there, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Teams chat is just out of this world nowadays. So it's, it's cool to see that more traffic moves from email to the Teams, but then when you have 6100 chats, it's kept Also, you move from a single inbox to 61 different to inboxes. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. No, no, I don't go to the team level um, because that's impossible because there's, what, 250 teams where we are involved. How can you follow up on all of that? You can't. It's just. <laughs> Mark all as red. Exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, I, I guess the one thing what we're going to talk about this week uh, for those who are watching this on Tuesday, uh, we're going to release the, the blog post, or that's the intention is finally say that the unified Microsoft 365 sample gallery is available. So we'll do a quick blog post and a quick, uh, let's say, two-minute video on showing how it works. But that's that's actually already a great thing. We've been working on that for a long, 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 long time. And with there's 960 samples right now, more than 960 samples in that gallery. Wow. So, and that is across all M365, right? So it's all M365, exactly. Viva, Teams, SharePoint, yes. web parts extensions, ACES. Yep. yep. Scripts even, because scripts, yeah. So exposing that or everything from a one location. So it makes than, sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So rather than forcing people to go to the GitHub and trying to find what's relevant for them, go to a one location where you can just search whatever you want and poof, you'll find it. So which is cool. Cool. Good, good. Um, that's probably the most important thing on my table this week, uh, I guess. And we'll see what else I will need to deal with. But uh, I guess that's more than enough for this, um, this show. Uh, so thank you one more time, Julie. Uh, for joining us. Uh, great discussion. PMPJS is, is absolutely awesome. Um, there's, there's a lot of historical things and memories related on how it was built and how it was built before SPFX was actually even announced and all of that stuff. Or oh, that was the first version. That's kind of interesting historical things. And how long it actually took until it catched on. But then when it catched on, it has. Yeah, but it's obvious it did. Like it, it took it, I don't know, two years to become an overnight success, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the thing. So, and, but that was a cool discussion. Thank you, Julie. And we'll be back within a new PMP Weekly and within a next week. There we go. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.